We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Against Augsburg? And Cunha sure. shoots the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I don't care about crosses up here at, 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 at this point. Yeah. I mean, they're at 7K and above. There's no way you play Cunha, but sure. There's no way I play Cunha? Yeah. Well, maybe I do. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire. Joining us Friday, May 29th by Jordan Cooper to talk about Saturday's Bundesliga slate. Jordan, we just had a whole conversation about what we did this week, and I wasn't taping it enough to put on the podcast. So do you want to give a 10-word summary? Well, did did you cash? I cash. Yes, I did. Okay. That's it? I actually should have played by cash lineup in some of the smaller GPPs because I actually did better than my like alternate lineup that I had a single-entry GPP lineup. I had a, a run at the main GPP on Wednesday with my cash lineup that eventually finished 14th. Okay, I came, I came in 10th, and if uh, if uh, McKinney doesn't score that goal, I win. Oof. Because I had, uh, in that lineup, I had... Uh, that was Wednesday. Uh, I was t- Sorry, mine was Tuesday. Oh, I'm talking about Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Tuesday I don't remember what happened on Tuesday. I have no idea. Oh. It was just what recently happened. <laughs> Tuesday was the Coastage slate. Was the coaches slate? Yeah. Okay. What, what, what was the one with uh, McKinney's goal? That was Wednesday. Okay, that was Wednesday. Okay, that, that, that's what I'm talking about, because I had Zimmerman and... Kastenmeyer and Hennings 
Ooh. like that type of stack yep. and like the clean, like you take away uh, Azipska's uh, assist and the goal and you add the clean sheet points, I would have uh, gotten over the first place scorer. Mm. Even though I had Egyptian K, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I'll still, I'll take the 15,000 or whatever the hell it was over that. But, but I mean, it was a good day, right? Yeah. I, I think both slates. Yeah, it was a good, it's been a decent week so far. Bundesliga has yeah. been okay, actually. I yeah. think it might I mean, be better at Bundesliga. Yeah, coming League. back. Yeah. Premier League is going to be an absolute disaster. Um, I almost prefer Bundesliga. From a DFS perspective, almost. <laughs> I think it's significantly almost. better. Okay, how, how would you rank the the to me? I I I prefer Bundesliga than Syria. I I almost the only league that's worse than EPL is the French league. The non yeah, you're right. Ligue 1 is is awful, but um, the from a DFS perspective. from a DFS yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, they have some fun fun teams though. Yeah, but a lot of times it's not fun. A lot of times just the a lot style of times of it's play. not fun. Yeah, yeah, you're looking at the difference of like the amount of fantasy points, like the distribution of the pie, mm-hmm. seems like in the French league is the smallest. Yes, seems yeah. like just a lot of people don't do teams just don't play in a DFS conducive style. Yeah, and Bundesliga, I think they do, and we have a lot of these three four three type of formations mm-hmm. that give you. Crossers as well as shooters. Yep. Where there's aren't as many in the EPL, you got a lot of times you're you're playing, you're looking at, it and you go, there's like three holding midfielders, and you're like, you can't play any of them. Yeah. And then you're like, do I really want to play Phil Bardsley again? Although I've probably rostered the Bundesliga Phil Bardsley four times and not known it, but I don't know. It's uh, I, I find it much more fun, and this the new schedule that's out for the Premier League is just a DFS disaster unless you love showdown. Like I think they'll do something like they, I mean, the world cup, they did those type that they, they were four games a day. The early game was like a showdown and then they had a three game slate. I mean, you remember, I mean, we covered, I don't it. really don't know. No, no. Wasn't it two games at a time? Wasn't it four? No, no, no it was, it was individual because it's the world cup. They wanted whatever's on TV. Yeah, you're right. Right. It was a break and then this, and then a break and you always had to switch your lineups. You know what the big difference is, though, is that they're not jamming games in as quickly as these are. Like, they're playing every Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, like, or Wednesday, Sunday. You know, like, they're not... There's going to be absurd rotation that in the World Cup we didn't see as much. Right. They're not They're not spreading it out where it would be a lot of teams playing on Saturday and Sunday, and then it's like one team Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like, like every day of the week. Yeah, that's what La Liga is doing. They're going right. to do every day, which whatever. But this Premier League, like, I do wonder if DraftKings will not prioritize classic slates at all. Just knowing that they have four games on Saturday and Sunday spread out, or five games, excuse me, every Saturday and Sunday. I don't know. What do you think they're going to do on the 20th, though? Because, like, the, 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 the last two slates of the Bundesliga season are going to be the 20th and the 27th. Mm-hmm. Right, and then they're done. I mean, they, they've gotten yeah. all the games like on the twentieth, I'd almost ra- if they, if there's a four game nine thirty a.m. Bundesliga slate, I'd rather almost I'd almost rather play that than a spread out three game EPL slate. I agree, I agree. But you know, it's DraftKings; they're gonna do they, oh Premier League's back. Everything goes to the Premier League. Um, I mean, who knows? I, I really they don't even realize that it's back because right. they don't even pay attention. 
Um, I just think that the, I mean, it's obviously going to be a significant advantage to those who have all day to, it feels more like an NBA slate that like you have to wait for late lineups and whether you can adjust off of, uh, different, um, lineups, whether people go heavy in the early games because they just don't want to deal with it or you play the later games so that you have the most flexibility. Like, I think there's going to be a lot more, it's not even, I mean, it qualifies as roster construction, but it's like annoying roster construction where you're just building in safety because you're like, I'm, I'm going to have to pay up for this late guy because if he doesn't play, then I can't have a cheaper, or I'm sorry, I can't like roster a cheap guy in a late game because if he doesn't play, then I'm stuck. And it's like, that's annoying late slate or late swap strategy that I think most people don't want to have to deal with. Or what they could do, which to me personally, I think is the worst way to go is to just bunch from all the play, have it be the big interleague slate. Yeah. You think that's the, that's worse than small classic slates and showdowns. Yeah. Why? I've always thought that. Oh, I've always thought the interleague idea is poor because it's not conducive to more casual players. Yeah, I get that. Because you need to know, it's not, it's like in the NBA, in, in all the, the, the NFL, in the American leagues, there's like, there's a set amount of teams. Yeah. Right? You know, there's, it's like, it's like doing college basketball and then going, we're going to take the best game from the SEC and then the, the Ivy League and then this other mid-major, and then, like, and you putting together, go, like, well, either, like, who cares if the games are spread apart? Let me be able to play Duke and Virginia and Syracuse, you know, like, the the big, the teams that you would know, rather than, oh, well, Iona and, <laughs> and Niagara are playing at the same time, so let's throw them on us, like, because, like, why would I ever know anything about them? So you, don't so you understand, the, like, it's you need to know 80 teams. You need to know all the teams in Syria. You need to need in, in Germany, in, in Spain, in England. You need to know, like, 80 teams. And as long as there's one game on the slate where it's like, well, I don't even know anything about Syria, people are just not going to play it. That's why you subscribe to Rotowire, because we have all the stats and cheat sheets together. Sure, but then if you, if everyone, if the only people that are playing the contest are people that subscribe to Rotowire, we're just trading rake. They're there already. Uh, I I understand that. I understand that. Which is why I think they'll push these showdowns so heavily. It's like, oh, I know these teams. I love Brighton and Aston Villa. (laughs) Why would I play Dortmund-Leipzig? But I like these Bundesliga slates because the, the good teams, like the top teams, are always like not on the main slate. Well, next week it's different, but... But like we have this like coming up, which like Bayern is a minus thirteen hundred favorite with a four total. Imagine them being on the main slate. Yeah, on Fanduel they are. But I mean, Premier League starts to do that though as the season goes on. Like we like Man City would be the late game, right? But at least it's one. It's one team where you're like, okay, they'll they possibly win by three or four, and everyone's expensive, and you either take De Bruyne or you hope that you that they don't score a million goals, right? That's why I look at this slate and I go, okay, good. The tw- that's a, the Bayern Munich game is the showdown. And then we have a whole bunch of games where if one team won, I'm not surprised. Like they're, they're all like pick. They're, I know the technically the biggest favorite on the slate is Hertha Berlin, minus 110 at home to Augsburg. 
But like that's how big of a favorite is that? I mean, like Wolfsburg is like minus a hundred over Frankfurt. Then I do find Ch- that that the non-elite teams in the Bundesliga, like it feels like if Bayern, Dortmund, and Leipzig are not involved, with apologies to Gladbach and Leverkusen, all the games are basically pickums, and I wonder if we're going to see that with the Premier League with if we discount Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, and I'll throw Tottenham in there too. But after that, like, I wonder if the no fans and all the, after this break, like if all of the games are basically, we're going to say, it's just a pickup. We're going to treat this as a pickup, whether that actually plays out like it has in the Bundesliga or not. I guess so. But I just, it seems like in Bundesliga, they play in a style where the pickup games actually have fantasy value rather than, Brighton Burnley, <laughs> right? Cause you look at that and you go, oh, it's a pick them, but it's a, the total is two. Right. And it's two teams that are basically playing not to lose. Yeah. That, I think that's the, that's a good observation is that the, it's a two total instead of a three total. And the Bundesliga teams seem to go at each other. Whereas we're just hoping to get six points out of Ashley Westwood. Right. I mean, like the lowest total on the slate. I mean, let me mention the Hoffenheim sure, is yeah. plus 138 favorite. Away to Mainz, that's the biggest total. That's three, but it's on both sides of the ball, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like the, the the lowest total, I mean, we rarely see a two and a quarter in Bundesliga, but Schalke plus 155 currently at home to Werder Bremen. But these are like the two worst offensive teams. Mm-hmm. But I take a, but the thing is, is that I take a look at Schalke Werder Bremen and go, I could play, there are fantasy options here, even though it's a low total, but you go Brighton Burnley, you go, uh, do I want to play anyone? Yeah. Like, like what? No, that's when we have our. Whom? Do we want to pay eighty three hundred for Pascal Gross or eighty six hundred for Trossard or Dwight McNeil or nine thousand for Aaron Moy? Right. I hope the. I, I kind of was hoping the Premier League never came back. <laughs> <laughs> we could just make the Bundesliga the the top league in the world now. Anyway, I. Unfortunately, when I wrote, was writing my article and going through this slate, I started to like Schalke more and more, and which felt weird because I've been saying all week just like how awful they are. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that in the course of this podcast, you change my mind. Oh, to play Schalke? To not play them. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll try to do that. Okay. Okay. Uh, are, are, are you getting your Metamucil ready for, uh, for forward options? I think there are some easy ones. Oh, really? There are easy ones. Uh, I think there are options at forward. It just it it comes down to are you playing Philip Kostic? Yes, I, it, at midfield. Yes. This, that's going to be the conversation every slate he's on, and the benefit the the difference that we see with Kostic versus Kevin De Bruyne is that De Bruyne has teammates that are also expensive that you could also play. Like we're always like, well, do you, do you just take the goal upside of Aguero? Like Kostic doesn't have that. So it's like he's very expensive and you obviously have to consider the matchup, which like really isn't perfect in this slate. But there's no there's no Aguero from Eintracht Frankfurt. And so I think it I think you get walked into playing Kostic easier than you do De Bruyne. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the case a case, mm-hmm. not saying that it's the optimal case, that Kostic is not needed. Okay. 
that it, it may be a more optimal construction without. I think, I think the only reason that the only way that works is if the forwards you get have their, I want to call it a ceiling floor game. Right. A 70th percentile outcome. Sure. Right. So like not a 50th, that would be their, you know, median. No. So you basically you fit somewhere between 50 and 70. Mm-hmm. Right. If your forwards get a 30th percentile outcome, you're probably going to get screwed. I think a 50th percentile outcome is not enough. Unless you're going to convince me otherwise as well on that. No, no, I, I could convince you other because it really depends on what Cossage's outcome is. Cossage oh, going to get you 11 or 12 points, then is he necessary? No. If he has 22 to 24 with no goal in it, yeah, you're probably going to need him. <laughs> the, the problem comes into the construction-wise. I think there are way more midfielders and defenders that you could play than, than there are viable forwards. At least in cash. I mean, there's, yeah, there's tons of viable forwards if you want to take a shot at goal or bust. You know, guys that have two or three point floors. But to me, the, the at forward, just to even, not even go up or down, I think the options, I think there's, there's literally, based on projected starting lineups, there's probably one, two, three, four, there are five options, 7K or above. Then if you're not taking any of those guys, you're taking someone with a floor of nothing. Agreed. So it's just a matter of do you take two of those guys above 7K or above, or do you take one of them and then literally it's Davy Selke time? <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, Robbie Matundo time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, someone down there. If Del Rosen starts. Who hasn't for Hertha? Like you're taking someone to Bergstaller. Bergstaller, yeah. As a negative floor. I want to just quickly add that when I initially saw, is it Rabbi Matumbo? Matumbo. Matondo? Yeah, Rabbi Matondo. So I just looked at it as rabbi. And then I saw what he looked like. And I'm like, that guy doesn't look like a rabbi. Mm-hmm. Very different. I mean, down at there, I the mean, I know we're kind of going backwards, but like down there. Like if you get a punt, like I think the highest punt level would be someone like like Bebo if he starts for Hoffenheim. That's the highest punt. Okay. That's the highest punt. Yeah. I, I mean, I, if you're gonna play Bebo, you should just play anybody below. Okay. Like take that, the take the salary savings and help yourself. But just out. understand, like anything down there, like you're you're going in with the full expectation that this guy may score zero. I, I think you can go in um, anyone below where do anyone I anyone below 7,000 you could say could only score zero I was going to say it's probably 7,000 but between 7,000 and 6,000 I think it's uh, two but yes well I'll go with 7,000 and below 7,000 and below yeah, the floor is zero the floor is low enough that they're not paying off their price tag. Mm-hmm. Right. So the the five guys that I've pegged above 7,000, mm-hmm. in in the order, this is how I would order them. Okay. Uh, by floor. Can, before you... All right, just go. Okay. By uh, flo, floor point... Uh, taking into account their salary. 
Mm -hmm. So four point per dollar. This is how I would grade them out. Okay. And then also based on the construction that you could make in your lineup. Yep. Like that. So it's not just like, yes, I think Robert Scov has the highest floor out of all of them, but he's also 9,800. So that does, does that make him the most optimal? No. I think the first one is Burkala. Yep. I think I would list them as number one. But before you keep going, is it possible that you are ranking them all just bottom up salary wise? Yeah, it actually turns out I am. Yes. Okay. It actually does turn out I am. Burkala, yes. then Caligari, yep. then Cunha, then Rashishka, and then Skov. Yep. Absolutely. Now, Rashidka's value goes up if Bittencourt's not in, but since Bittencourt didn't start the last game, he's probably going to start this game. Yep. And he took some sets when he came on. So Right. But, I mean, Rashidka has open play value, just that Absolutely. if you want to pay 8400 for him. If I'm going to if I, if I'm going to, if, if Bittencourt's in, I'd much rather play Cunha at 8200 than play Rashidka. Sure. Hertha? Against Augsburg and sure. Cunha shoots the ball. Punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I don't care about crosses up here at that's at, at this point. Yeah. I mean, they're seven K and above. There's no way you play Cunha, but sure. There's no way I play Cunha. Yeah. Well, maybe I do. Okay. You can believe that on Friday. That's fine. Right. Well, I mean, I said that about Kamad, and I didn't yes, play. exactly. <laughs> he is. I, I mean, Cunha is like the poster boy of the Kamada group. Right, the, the guy that has no set pieces is goal-dependent for a ceiling. It does take a ton of shots, but I look at that and go, do I want to pay 8200 for four shots? Right. Even though two of them might go in the goal. Right. Like, but I'm, I'm outside of, like, uh, but I'm not all that thrilled with what you would consider to be the poster boy for me would be Daniel Caligari. Why are you I think you Caligari's not... upside is, is so much lower for a share of set pieces for a team that sucks. That's fair. They're favored, though. It's Werder Bremen. Yeah, I mean, what really does it matter? Well, they're there it is. It, they're playing Bremen. Okay. Is it possible that you are slightly clouded in your judgment about Caligari because you f didn't play him earlier this week and got a huge game from Mojipka? No, I'm not clouded at all. Okay. I'm, cl I'm clouded on construction. Okay. That that's the problem. But, like but playing Bricalo and Caligari makes the construction easier. It makes the construction easier, but it may not be optimal. Okay. I've I've done Caligari Bricalo constructions. Then you put Costic in, and you you have to sacrifice somewhere. And if you take Costic out, you have almost a little too much money. Yeah, it's not worth it. That well, that's right, what I was saying right. earlier. That if you don't play Costic, you need your your. You're almost walking yourself into playing Skov and or and Rashika or Skov and Cunha or Skov like because you you're play Skov and sure, but then you take a look in a vacuum and go, Skov is ninety eight hundred and Costage is ten six. Who would I rather have? It's right. like for eight hundred more, give me Costage. It's just a matter of like you need to fill forward spots. I think how quickly did you lock in Skov on whenever there was earlier this week when. Sebastian Rudy was out. Oh, I, I, mean, I just put Uth and Skov in. And yeah. then just built from there. Because That's we exactly also what I did. You know how many corners they got? The midfielders. Yeah. Like we got Kunda, we got CAA, we got all those like, mm -hmm. like guys that would get take set pieces if this guy was out. We got them all. Yeah, so we got like, them all. Yeah. Right. So why not just take them all? Because they're underpriced. Hoffenheim, they're midfield 
Hoffenheim took zero corners in that game. Right, but he got a bailout assist. He got the bailout assist. Right. But don't don't you think that's the construction dynamics? You're playing either two of the guys up here or one of them, and then you're you're the the only two that's you could play Caligari and Bricalo. And still get costage and still have a lineup that is acceptable. Uh-huh. But I think on this slate, personally, I think I'd much rather punt at my second forward spot than a defender spot. What about a midfield spot? I think, no, you can punt at a midfield. Yeah. There's more midfield options. Yeah. I think one thing we have to get used to in Bundesliga, but something that I've adjusted to a little bit more, uh, from from a floor perspective, is that the value of punt defenders in the Bundesliga is much lower than an EPL. How punty are you going? Like I actually have found no, that I'm, I'm even talking. I'm talking about like the 4K. Yes. Like the difference between a 4K mid 4K, like a four thousand or forty five hundred dollar fullback. And a $6,000 wingback, to me, is massive. Yes, agreed. Like an EPL, they, just that they don't, that most teams don't play with wingbacks. They play with fullbacks. They don't play with back threes. So you, there's a lot more fullbacks. So there's a lot more 4K-level defenders and so few 6K-level defenders. And those and we all know the, who those guys are. Like, there's typically, there may only be one on an entire slate. Right. Where you're like, oh, there's only one defender worth paying up for, and then everyone else is kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Or there's a slate where there's no defender worth paying up for, and you're just like, there's a bunch, there's eight 4K level fullbacks. Take two of them, you're fine. Mm-hmm. I think in Bundesliga, we have a lot more. Even though they're they, they're listing some of these guys as just midfield only. Yep. There's still enough defenders that play as wingbacks that attack the ball, and there's less values in punting because I mean the back three. Center backs are almost never worth playing for a floor. Yeah, we've been lucky early on, and it's certainly possible that it keeps going because of this expected rotation with all the games together. But we've gotten lucky with getting really cheap fill-ins, which help immensely in the sense that defenders just so top-heavy. Right, but but would I I rather be able... Construction-wise, from an optimal, you know, floor cash type of way, to take a Matondo, take take a 4K forward. So I'm either, I'm taking a 4K forward and then taking a a Zipska, a Brzezinski mm-hmm. if he's in, yep. Mbappu, a Torre, was one of these guys at five at a, at a five to six K price, or do I overpay for a 7K overpay in re- relation to their floor for a 7K forward? And then I'm playing, I'm playing whatever the cheapest, you know, I'm playing a, a G- Gaber Selassie. I'm playing, you yeah. know, one of those, John, John, John Joe Kenny. Yep. Those two, <laughs> those two are exactly the ones I was going to say. Like if okay. you're having to pay 41 to 4,400 for that kind of player. It's just not worth it, right? But I think, but that's why I'm I'm putting them together. Like even yep. though we we're talking about forward, like punting out at forward, what does that do for the rest of your lineup? Mm-hmm. 
You're not doing it because you you think uh, one of these cheap forwards are going to do well. Just like, do you think that that construction is better than paying up and pay, play, playing Cunha and Pekarik versus play, playing, you know, Mbabu and Matondo or mm-hmm. Ibiset or you know, so, someone. Even he's old too expensive he's old, at fifty. Yeah. But he's goal or bust. Yep. So that's why who you pick down there is uh, almost irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have to hope they play ninety. Right, but you don't have. To, I don't think you have to make that decision if you're not playing Costage. Like if you're not playing Costage, I don't think you have to punt at second forward. There's no. I mean, punting. Or fading Kostic, in in my opinion, the only reason to do it is so you can pay up at forward. Right. So you're you're playing a Cobb, uh, Skov, Cunha type of lineup, right? That right. Something lineup. like that. Yeah. Right. I think there are. I think there are several midfield only players that are overpriced. Uh, it's it's funny you say that. I I think they are uh, efficiently priced in relation to Kostic. Which is weird because I think he's efficient also, but that almost makes those guys overpriced. Right. Just right, but, oh, but I'm talking about even from a construction dynamic. Yes. Of, if you're going to pay this much for that guy, why don't you just find the money, just get costage in some 5K guy? Mm-hmm. Like that's how I'm looking at it. Because like I know, like I I had a bunch of Arnold this past late. Me too. And he had a, I mean, not in cash, but in GPP. Oh, I had him in cash. Okay, but he was a fine ca- – but see, the thing is, is that for 6800 the last game, I thought he was a fine cash play. He was – if you had that – if you had $6,800 left and you want to play, he gets there. He get, he'll get you 10 points. Now, he, he got you over 30. Yeah. But, I mean, I just think that 9100 if you're going to choose between Arnold and Costage, I'd rather spend the 1500 and get Costage. Yeah. And I don't see an optimal construction that plays both of them. Agreed. Because that means you're going to have to punt at two defender spots or punt at forward and defender, as well as goalkeeper. It doesn't matter as much. Yeah. So that's why, like, I look at this and go, if you're going to play Arnold at 9,100, just play Costage. Then I look at Philip Max and I go, I still don't understand why you pay $7,900 for a fullback. Hmm. If you're going to play Max, you would immediately play Bittencourt. Right. Getting Costage in one of these guys, which is probably Bittencourt, I don't, I mean, the salary with Arnold is tough, but you can't, like you said, you're you're punting at least two spots. Right. But there's a line of construction where if you don't play Costage and you want to play, you know, you want to play uh, Bittencourt and Aaron Martin, and you do that type of build, where you're just going right, like you're kind of just going down the middle. Like you could do that, right? Because you're not willing to fade Costage for Arnold and Bittencourt, because Arnold's too expensive. Right. Well, because then you're still not able to go down the middle. You can't. You can't pay up enough at forward. Like in a lineup that you're making, let's say you put in Bittencourt and Martin. Like you could take Skov. You could play Kuhn. You could play whatever two forwards you want up there. Mm-hmm. But you could also play Caligari, you could play Caligari and Bercalo. You could do that. Mm-hmm. 
But it really all depends on how lineups shake up because, I mean, Martin may not even be in and we may right. get Borzitsky. Yep. Do you think Kamada's worth 6500 I don't. Me neither. I mean, for a ceiling, yes, I guess. I, think I don't he... think Katarabic is worth 7000 I don't know why. That, he had one great game, but I still think Katarabic, as a midfield-eligible wingback with no set pieces, should be like six k. I think they... I think he's actually just a straight fullback. I don't think they played through in the back. I think they're okay, but sometimes forward. sometimes they do. Sometimes it depends on how they line up. He's pricey. Right. I'm, I'm all over fifty three hundred Kader uh, Kaderbeck, not seven thousand. Right. I think uh, one of the most popular plays at midfielder is going to be a Dorita. Yep. At fifty seven hundred. Especially if Plattenhart sits. Sounds like he's going to. Yeah, well, you got well, to suffer a concussion. Yeah. Eh. It's just soccer. It's, play with your feet. Uh, does it matter if middle stats in or not? No. It, it, I realize that was like a question about Dorita. Right. And I think Dorita's fine, but like I would never play middle stat at his price. We'll get to right, defender, six, but sixty-seven hundred defender eligible. Right. But I mean, we, we, I mean, Dorita should take like the majority of their set pieces. Mm-hmm. He should. Do you think you're going to get another ceiling game out of Rydal Baku? Fifty-nine <laughs> hundred. I'm not. There's no way I pay. 5900 for him. No, I think if you're in this $5,000 range, other than Dorita, you're going down to Lowen, Rudy, or Rody. Yeah. Or Kundi. Or Kundi, well. Depending on who's, if, yeah. if Martin and uh, Brzezinski are both not in. Yes, if those guys are out, I think you could play him again. Right. It's kind of weird that, like, the, the highest total game, which we're saying highest, it's a three. Mm-hmm is Hoffenheim mains. Mm-hmm. And depending on how they line up and how your construction is, it's quite possible to play no one from either team. Yeah. Right? Because let, let's say let's say you have uh, uh, Hoffenheim line up with Rudy, Geiger, Skov. Right. And you go, okay. I mean, you could play any of them. That's fine. And then mains lines up with, and then Martin's in, and he's 6,800. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that takes Kundi away, and Brzezinski's not there. So it's like... Are you thrilled about any of these choices? Yeah. And most of those choices don't involve goals even. Right. So like for GPP, you just, you'd just you go, you'd, you'd play higher upside players. Mm-hmm. But like underneath these guys, I mean, I know I mentioned Geiger. I think if Geiger he's starts... 3, he's 3,200. If he starts, I, 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 can't, I can't see not playing him. Right. Even though you're not, he's likely not going to go 90. But I'm saying like if he's in and... Uh, Rudy's in and Scava's in. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. At thirty two hundred, like I'll take right. Well, that's price wise, right? Like the difference between Rudy and Geiger for nearly two thousand. Like why they just pay the cheaper price? Mm-hmm. But are there any other midfielders? I mean, like I just look past there. Uh, I, uh, your favorite guy, if he gets a start, but I still think he's just a punt play. Is Gasinovich at thirty nine hundred? Yeah. So it's a soft C, huh? The first one. Gasinovich. Okay. Gakinovic? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> Just curious. 
But is there anyone else down here, like uh, uh, underneath there? Like, like who are you taking? Nori Sahin. Oh, he's he's not even on the bench. Is he even on the yeah, bench? Yes, so he's on the bench, very comfortably okay. on the seventh seat with his mask on, probably a hood, because there's no way he's playing. But yeah, other than that, it's uh, there's nobody here. Right, you're getting like holding midfielders and people that don't play. Yeah, MLS star Carlos Guretzo. Right. Defender to me is interesting because I think you could play three defenders in cash. I agree. But I've been doing that. I've been doing that for the past like since they this league started. Because mm-hmm. I think I it's 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 a DraftKings that just like what they do with Kimmich and. Trent Alexander Arnold and Lucas Dina, like some some like these wing backy set piece taking crossing type of players, like they just don't price up enough. Do you think sorry, before we get to Defender, because it actually well, it's part of the three three uh, defender build. Do you think the Kostic Geiger dual ownership is huge? Yeah, I think it's more likely that if, if you're playing Costage, you you have Geiger. And if that's the case, now you're left, now your midfield spots are taken, and so you're left with putting Dorita in with these defenders in terms of, like, they're the right, same price, basically. That's what you'd be doing. I'd, I'd probably play Dorita over these guys. I think that that would be the construction, and you're playing two and you're paying up twice to defend. Right. So it really depends on whether or not Brzezinski's in. Yep. Right, because Brzezinski's in for Martin. Like he's just going to come on and take every set. He's going to be like, like everything. Most right? likely. Yep. Most likely based on the past. Yep. Playing as a wing back against the Hoffenheim's not a great defensive team. Do you put him over Ojipka? Probably he, because he has everything. Yeah. Theoretically, everything. Yeah. If I if I, in a perfect scenario, I'd play Ojipka, uh, Brzezinski, and Mbabu. Yeah. Like that's what I and then once you take up if Brzezinski's not in, then I still want to play Egyptian Babu and then I still consider playing Torre. But he he would be a distant, as a as a away dog. Yeah. But still, Torre plays as a wing back. I mean, like he plays. Uh, Frankfurt could line up with basically Costage playing as a wing back. Mm-hmm. Right. And Torre would just be on the other side, for half the price. Because I just look underneath Torre. I look at, like, is it worth paying for Framberger, Friedel, Resilian, Pekarik, Kenny? I mean, like, they're they're not, they're a thousand less. But these guys have floors of, like, if they give you five points, you're like, okay. But I look at the the guys up in the, in the high five Ks to six Ks, like, these are 10 point. Yeah. Like, these are, can I get 10 points out of these guys? Like, I just rather lock in those types of points. Yeah, they could have a bad game and end up with only six or something like that. But when they, these 4K guys, they have a bad game, they end up with two. And you're sitting there. If I could have gotten two points out of Bergstaller or something, I mean, I could have gotten punted a forward spot and gotten better than that. Or I could have gotten two points from the cheapest center back. I, that's what I was just about to say. I think if you're in the f- low 4Ks for a defender, take whoever is 2,500. Right, take John Brooks for 2,700. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't see any reasonable difference um, or any reasonable um, answer to why would I pay 44 for K. 
Kenny or whatever he is. Right. Unless you're GPP and you're correlating stuff, you know, like I don't that. even think that's worth the correlation. Yeah, probably may not even be that. You'd rather just take the center, like it'd be, take the center back. Yeah, right, right. Instead, take a shock at center back instead yeah. of John Joe Kenny. Right. Yeah. Do you see any reason? I mean, obviously you don't, but like, I'm not sure what you're gaining by paying down at both defender spots. No, why, why, I you're mean, playing Kostic and you're getting two forwards. Right, and playing Arnold. You're doing like a, a barbell. Right. I just I just think that the 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 floor ceiling combinations of the higher price defenders are hard to make up by you'd have to just score lucky goals out of yes. the other two defender spots. I could understand punting with one defender and getting a five and having that being a winning lineup. I don't see a lineup that punts twice at defender. With two fives, that wins the GP. Right. I think Unless you have a two percent on guy that gets a hat trick, right? I mean, like, you could that could happen if you know it just turns out that uh, you know you play uh, Renato Steph overpriced Renato Stefan who gets a hat trick mm-hmm. at four percent owned or something. Right. Yeah. Other than that, I don't. Goalkeeper. Ugh. <sighs> Really? <laughs> I think one of the nice things about Bundesliga or what we've seen so far is because the matches are close. Um, although it happened on one slate this week where it was a $1,000 difference. But there's a, what is that, 39 to 53? So $1,400 difference between the most expensive and the cheapest. Like, Right. They're not making like Jarstein shouldn't be 5900 Right. Right. But I think even with a low scoring, like with... It's weird because we're saying like they're the projected goals are higher than the Premier League, but these games are closer. So I feel like you're <clears throat> perfectly fine paying down and just hoping for the best, which is exactly the same as anything else. Never mind. <laughs> we're still just not prioritizing the position. No, it's I, I'm looking through this. And I go, I don't even know who the most popular one is going to be. Really depends on how you know if Geiger's in. We have to you know if Brzezinski's in. Like right. what the salary does to certain things because it could end up being that you just play. He goes, give me Luta. Right. Third end is whoever. It's just the cheapest whatever. Or it could be that it works out that you have forty two hundred dollars left and like oh, okay Kevin Trap. Or it's Pavlenk. It could be any of these guys. I think in GPP, in a non costage lineup, I think. You know, obviously correlating Castiles and Babu and Bercalo or something, doing something like that. Jarstein with like Pekarik and Dorita, like that type of thing. I think even in those situations, you're probably better off using the money somewhere else. Yeah, probably. I'm also never playing Castiles again. Okay, so that means 20 points coming up. Mm-hmm. 30. He'll help right. score a goal too. Right. Or at least get an assist on a long ball. Right. Or like, no, I'm never playing him again. Or you just go for a swallow and just give up three goals and still have the high score. Right. Right. For some reason, every time I see his name, I just think of ShamWow. And then I like can't even say his name because I just want to say ShamWow. Okay. Swallow. But yeah, I... Whatever's left, I mean, this for especially this late, like, I'm literally looking going, I, I'm not even sure who the most popular goalkeeper is even going to be in a cast construction. Right. 
Like you're like you, you can put anyone. I mean, like whatever you're left with, you're left with. And then you go, well, do you want to play a guy uh, against the you know like because I don't mind playing uh, Castiles against Costage if you're playing for floor, right? Right. If you play yeah, guys yeah. for floors, then it doesn't even matter because costs to get 20 points without scoring a goal or an assist. Yep. So that's why you look through this and you go, well, well, I can't play Plavlenka because I'm playing Egyptian. Who cares? Yeah. Right. Yep. And we've seen that, you know, guy could get a win, could get a clean sheet and still have like the. Out of eight goalkeepers, have the fifth lowest, have the fifth highest score. I could have just used like one save from Castiles over the last two slates. Just one. Schwallow had thirteen saves. Yeah. And didn't win. It's like that Tim oh. Howard Belgium game. Right. At least it's bad, bad, at least at least I'm able to see it on DraftKings of Vandal. Who knows what happens? Hmm. It might never happen, actually. People sweating the Fanduel scoring because oh. the the thing is, it's even worse than I expected. Like, oh, they manually scored afterwards, but they don't don't even do it all at once. Mm-hmm. Which makes to me makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. So like, they'll score the goals. Do they even score the assists live? I think so. Okay, so the goals and assists there, they're scoring live. And then the slate, the, all the games end. And then you would expect that it's like, okay, at some point they're going to update everyone at once. Mm-hmm. With all the stats, with all the clearances, with all the whatever. And then that'll be the standings. No, apparently it's just, okay, we're going to do a couple of these players. Right. And then a couple of those players. And then change a couple of those. And then you just do, you're not even sure when the slate is over from the scoring. Well, I'm in fourth place. Okay, that's pretty good, whatever. Then you're in 12th place, like a half an hour later. And then you look around and you go, is there anyone else left to score? And you're not even sure. Like, I think they got all the goals, but you never know. Some rogue, you know, five clearances from some center back that hasn't been updated. And now now, now you're in 18th place. I mean, right. oh. I will say this for Rotowire subscribers. Uh, there is a page on this website that um, we I've referenced previously, which is the DFS trends page, which you can see like how many fantasy points somebody has scored over the course of a season, and it's every player. That updates based off of our Opta feed. And if you go to the current game week, you can see the scores faster than they'll show up on FanDuel. You just have to hope that the stats from Opta are what, FanDuel inputs into their game. Right, because you're not even sure if that's what they do. Right. Because they missed one. They had a guy earlier this week uh, score a goal, but did not have a shot on goal. Right, yeah, I saw that. You po- How is that possible? How is that possible? Somebody <clears throat> responded that they, if it goes off the post and goes in, even though I think that's still considered a shot on goal, but I watched this goal, and it did not hit any post. It just went right into the goal. So it was just a shot that went right into the goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The good news is that five fantasy points doesn't really change much. So, <laughs> right, of course, right. Yeah. Especially on FanDuel, there's no peripherals. Right, right. 
Oh, what a joke if you play there. Uh, I, I just... There was promise, and then uh, you just hope they would put a little more focus on it. Anyway. No, that, that's what they have in charge, Quincy Promise. <laughs> Uh, anybody has any follow-up questions for Jordan or to try to give him a pity laugh for that joke, you can find him on Twitter at BlenderHD. You can find me at Rotowire Andrew. Um, if you are looking to subscribe to Rotowire but want to try us out at first, you can go to rotowire.com slash soccer trial. It's 10 free days on the site. We have all the Bundesliga stuff that you would need for your lineups on DraftKings and FanDuel. So uh, try us out. Jordan, thank you for that, and good luck this weekend. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.